0: Welcome everybody to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And I'm Tim Alford, National Director
1: of Limitless and volunteer youth leader at the Source Church Malvern. And this is a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think and grow. Well, hello everybody and welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Very excited to have uh, a special guest with us this month, Dustin. It's Liam Parker from Kerith Community Church Hello. in Bracknell. Liam, tell us what your your role is uh, in Bracknell and tell us a little bit about your journey in youth
2: ministry. How did you get sure. into
1: youth ministry? W- what context have, have you done that in? And yeah, that great. Kind of
2: stuff? Well, I'll try and do that briefly. But yeah, I uh, grew up in the Salvation Army and uh, I, I remember getting baptized in the Holy Spirit about 18, 19. And uh, I went to the Salvation Army, started praying for young people. I actually worked for them as a youth worker but um, it caused a bit of upset in the church. So I decided to sort of honor leadership and just kind of move on maybe. And I thought that was probably the better option. So I went to a new church called Karis Community Church, the church I'm at now. And they're a bit more charismatic, charismatic a bit more open. And uh, yeah, they, they employed me basically as a gap year student. And I did that gap year. And then they employed me as a youth pastor. Uh, but the reason I got employed as a youth pastor really is because we had a Friday night youth ministry. And we had about 50 young people And I remember going to that event thinking, right, I know I'm going to take over, so I'm going to start training the 15-year-olds. So I got a small group of 15-year-olds, did a small group training of them, and then we started to preach the gospel and pray for the sick every single Friday, and then we grew from 50 to 500 in a year. And um, God just moved madly in us for like two years. We saw crazy things happening. Demons delivered, police coming, kids trying to attempt suicide, healings, salvations, the whole mix. And then over that, that was about eight years ago and then so that was about two years we did that and then for six years or so we've been kind of developing leaders training people we now get about 200 young people on Friday night and we do uh, that so there's a lot there but that's just a brief introduction it's nice. like what, what we do I now work for the church and doing other stuff as well but I still
0: oversee the youth so yeah yeah oh that's amazing listen so we're talking about raising up young leaders and sure so the, the, and, and it sounds like you do an amazing job uh, of doing that we try so the, the, the question is what do you look for in, in, sure. in young leaders the 15 year old you were talking about yeah like what what are the things you're looking for i'll just be real with you
2: where i was at so when i started the youth i figured i've got to get to the 15 year olds because they're the ones that are going to be my leaders in a few years time if i grab an 18 year old now they're going to go in a year so i just grabbed the 15 year olds and i just decided i just like met with them decided this was going to happen and whatever gift i noticed in them i would just cool out and use that as part of our youth ministry. So if they had a prayer gift, we'd have a prayer ministry. If they had a worship gift, we'd have a worship band. And um, I think youth ministries need to get more like that. See what they actually have in their church rather than trying to copy other churches. Sorry, I'm, I'm distracted from the question. That's excellent stuff. But I just, I just, I feel like youth ministries need to grab hold of their identity. Because I, if I, this is going off subject, but if I'm real with you, I can go to most youth events. I could probably tell you the set list they're gonna play. And I could probably tell you the jokes the, the preacher's gonna make. And I think it's because we've copied and we think that looks good, so we'll try it here. And I think we need to get back to the identity of what is our youth ministry. So my youth ministry is what was those 15-year-olds in this room? What are they? Who are they? And whoever they are is who we're going to become. They were natural-born evangelists, so we became an evangelist kind of movement. That's what we did. Um, When it comes to recognizing leaders, though, I do just go with do they have a gift of leadership? That is my main thing. I think too often we look at age, we might over we look at character, sometimes over-gifting. So we put someone who has a good character in a position, but they don't actually have the gifting to handle that position. And so for me, I'll, I'll find a guy who I notice has a leadership gift, I'll go up to him and say, hey, you're going to be my future team leader, are you ready for that journey? And just speak it into them, start telling them. The guy who's taken over from me now is a youth pastor, so I'm training him right now. When he was 14, I recognized that he had a pastoral gift, just said, you're going to be a pastor one day. And just, I just started calling him Pastor Dan. Even when he was 15, he had no pastoral responsibility. Just like calling, calling out in him his future. And now he's actually going to become the youth pastor. So that kind of worked out well. Um, but yeah, so for me, it's not necessarily about, yeah, just looking for that gift. Do they, do they walk in that gift would be my challenge. So how does that gift reveal
1: yeah. itself? Great. Uh, I'm imagining now our youth leaders are listening to the podcast and they're beginning to picture the faces of, sure. the, of, the, of, the, of the young people in their, in yeah. their youth groups. How does the leadership gift uh, kind of reveal itself yeah. in, in a young person?
2: Yeah, and I, I think we all know the answers to those questions. I think we do. I think we know that if the young person is naturally leading his friendship group, he's, they're a natural-born leader, or if, or if the girl is naturally gathering the girls around her house to do a Bible study, she's the natural leader. And the ones that stay a bit later, the ones that come a bit earlier, the ones that don't mind taking initiative um, without you being asked, the ones that sometimes you have to draw back in and go, that was really nice, but you went a little bit far. You know, we know these people, and I think the challenge for us is just letting them go. Because I think what we do is we put too much emphasis on other things. So like, oh, they have to be a certain age, or they've got all these character issues. Truth is, when I started leadership, I had so many character issues, but God still used me. So who am I then to say that 15-year-old can't be used just because they have other character issues? So for me, it would be more about take a risk on the leaders that you already see. Because you, you know who they are. You, you see them. They're the ones that, you know, are easier to talk to about it, or... And as leaders, you recognize other leaders as well. So that's not super practical, but I hope that helps answer that question.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good. So you're talking about identifying the young Mm -hmm. leader. Um, So what is the next steps? Like, what do you do as far as like raising them up? Like, do you just throw them in there? Do you, is there a point or like a system Mm -hmm. you do of like evaluating how they're doing it, kind of assess it, give them some tips and throw them back in? Yeah, I'm
2: more of a deep end, throw them in type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I do believe in trying to give them like a short-term mission or short-term goal. Not throwing them into a role where they're going to have to sustain it for the next two years of their life. Because that's a bigger commitment. But maybe try and giving them like, if you know you have a big event coming up, say to them, can you take care of this one area for me? And then give them that short-term sort of goal or mission and then you can see how they can do it and then you can review it with them. But there's no sustainability they have to worry about. Because to be fair, sustainability for church is really, that's where the hard work is really. So I say to a young guy, I notice a gift in you, why don't you set up the outside area of our youth event? Okay, you set it all up, you build a team, you get other young people around you and you try that and do that for this one event. And if that goes really well, we'll talk about it. If it doesn't go really well, we'll talk about it. We'll Mm. review it afterwards, because then there's an end game for them. And I think that's very helpful. If you kind of throw them into a deep end, they don't know whether they're going to get back out of the water or not. That's probably a little bit extreme. But throw them into deep water, but then give them a life ring to get back out. That's the kind of idea. It's, it's great stuff. And, and it brings to my
1: mind a, a question that I think, I feel like I'm always wrestling with in, in youth sure. ministry. And yeah. I'm sure that other youth leaders listening will resonate with as well. And that is the balance between opportunity mm-hmm. and excellence. So you're talking about, Throwing young people in the deep end. If, if they've got a gift of communication, let's get them to preach. If they're a musician, if they've got a, a, yep. a, a gift of leadership with that, get them to lead worship, mm-hmm. throw them in the deep end. Great. How do you balance that with the quality of what comes across in your, in your youth services? So um, we might have, so I'm thinking about my, myself as an 11 year old drummer, yeah. not really very good. Yeah. But given the opportunity to play on Sunday morning, and honestly, I'm convinced that if I hadn't had that opportunity, I wouldn't be doing today mm, nice. what I'm doing now yeah. because it kept me going to church. Because yeah. it put me around people, other people in the worship team who are more mature in their faith, who I could then look up to and, and learn from. Yeah. And it was a really important part of my journey. And yet... I'm not sure that my drumming was necessarily helping the, the people yeah, in the yeah. congregation sure. to worship yeah. at that stage. That's such a tension to manage. How do you balance that in terms of empowering young people, uh, but keeping that level of quality in your youth okay. services?
2: I'll be, I might be quite controversial with, them with this, but this is, this is generally what I believe. And I'm willing to be wrong on this, but this is what I believe. I'm called to raise a generation to be willing to equip to do the work of God, not to run excellent events. Okay. It's not my calling. that's fine that's part of what we do but it's not what I'm asked to do I'm asked to get the 11 year old to get them trained so they'll be ready for the call of God in their life and that's what my focus would be that would always trump for me excellence because for me excellence is not even actually about what you provide or what you produce it's about your heart like Cain and Abel, the reason he didn't produce the right thing is because his heart was in the wrong place. It's excellence of the heart, not excellence of what you bring on stage. And so for me, what I've noticed, if you get someone who has an excellent heart, in the sense of they are willing to learn, they are willing to grow, they are, they want they want to try it, they want to take a risk, if you get those people and you put them in the stage places or mm. in leading worship, everyone else is actually touched by them, not because of the excellent performance, because of the excellence of their heart. So we had a 15-year-old girl recently preach, And um, she preached last term, 15-year-old girl. Amazing gift in communication. Yes, she's got loads of work to do with it, but she has a great heart, an excellent heart. And so when she preached, the young people loved that, probably more than my polished preaching, because they connected with her heart. And then she led a ministry time, people came forward, people crying. And for me, that would be, I think sometimes we've taken excellence too far a little bit, if I'm honest, because that's not what I'm actually called to do.
1: Yeah, this is so good. This is so thought-provoking. Is that right? so <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, this is great stuff. This is great <coughs> stuff. And so I guess what you're saying is you'd rather have an out-of-tune singer and an out-of-time drummer um, if it's releasing them if into it's, their yeah, gifts absolutely. Oh, yeah. than the, your perfectly polished band if, yeah. it, if it puts a ceiling on the yeah. gifts of some other young people yeah. coming up through. So how does that work then with... Um, because you talked about how we, you were really evangelistic and you were all sure. about reaching out. So how did that work with um, reaching out to non-Christian young people who were coming uh, for the first time and maybe it was a bit rough around the edges? How did they find it? Did they love it because it was their peers doing it? Yeah. Did it ever put people off and you just took the hit because it didn't matter to you because you were raising people up and yeah. that's what you're called to do? Yeah. How
2: did that work? um i i do think young people love it i if i'm really honest with you what i'm noticing is this generation have so much the world is giving them so much polished stuff yeah but it's almost like an empty shell yeah You know we know this right that look if you get that look you're going to be great if you get that if you get that part in that film if you get that record deal if you get that fame on instagram that's what will satisfy you and then they get to it and nothing happens so at church if we provide the same thing we're just telling them the world is right so if we provide a stage that we think is polished but we're not connecting with their heart we're giving them this empty shell of god my aim is can i connect your heart to my heart and to the heart of god so actually when i put a 15-year-old on stage and they get there and they say oh it's that girl from our school And then they go, wow, she's really good. Then there's something deep here. It connects to their heart. That's got to be our aim. If we use excellent things like performance and stuff, it's got to be able to connect to their heart. So I don't mind having excellent performances or loads of lights. That's not a problem as long as it gets to somebody's heart. So what we've noticed is young people actually love it. They love it when people are just real, when it's not about the polished finish. It's just about this is what it's like. This is what family is like. That's what church is like, isn't it? So let's not give them a false impression of what church is. Church isn't always this excellent standard thing. It's family. It's messy. Sometimes you have to come and peel the potatoes. That's how it works. That's how family works. So that, that would be, that would be my view on that.
0: Yeah. No, it's really good. Um, it's, it's funny. It comes to my mind of, of uh, a couple of years ago. We uh, we we would occasionally have uh, like a youth service in in, in our church and. And uh, they were always used to me preaching, and so there's this one Sunday night, and I thought, you know, they would never put us on a Sunday morning, um, nothing bad about it, but just on a Sunday night. And so uh, instead of me preaching, I didn't tell anybody, didn't tell the pastor. Maybe that was bad. Nobody. Nice. And we sent a 15-year-old up there, mm. and it was, and it was, it was amazing. Like they did a good job. You know, you work with them, you want to make sure. You know, and and yeah, I'm with you, and there I'm is, with you on yeah. it. Where, where you want it to be polished enough where the content doesn't get lost, yeah. the heart of what you're trying yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, do you, you try yeah. to go for it. Yeah. And man, like the reaction they got, you know, from the older people. So everybody was just like in tears and they're, you know, and it was just such an amazing thing, you know, and I think that's what every youth pastor, even though you might be, be starting off in ministry or, or however old you're, you're thinking about, um, what's next or whatever, I think uh, I'm, I'm with you on, we should be looking for the next person to kind of take yes. over stuff and yeah. um, and we're kind of in that season now, you know, and it's great is because some of our young leaders, we have a 17 year old and she's already thinking about the person who's going to replace her mm. and it's such an amazing thing, you know, and it's great and it seems like you're a little bit more strategic than I am, some of this stuff just accidentally happens and I'm like, mm. and that's great I don't know if, um, if you, you kind of answered this already but about how do you set young people up for uh, for success? For success? Yeah. Yeah, I think
2: there is, you know, I've been talking a lot about this, but then there is this, you have to be careful that you don't throw someone in too early. Um, you right. know, you don't throw them in the deep end and they can't actually swim. Yeah. Um, so for me, I would be looking to make sure there is somebody beside them who they can speak to, they can talk it through. Um, not that they do it for them, it's just as a guide. So if we have someone leading worship and we wanna grow them as worship leaders, we'll get them to lead alongside another leader for a while. Yeah. If That's there's good. a preacher, someone else will meet with them before and just go through it. And for me, it's, it's not not necessarily making sure their preach is polished, but letting them know that if it goes wrong, we still care about them. Yeah, That would be my aim with it. I'm not really trying to make them succeed because actually sometimes they have to fail to learn. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to get them to really get the preach really polished. I'm just trying to let them know that if, However it goes, someone's going to be at the bottom of the stairs and they're going to hug you and say that's the best thing they've got. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's going to be that support. So for us at youth, we um, we use the family language a lot. So we talk about brothers, sisters, mums and dads, mm-hmm. uncles and aunties and all that kind of stuff. We use yeah. that language because we want people to know that when you come to our youth event, it's not an event. It is a gathering of the family. And so we have an event, but that's just because we need to gather all the family together. We have nothing wrong with that. Yeah, we throw some lights. Yes, we do openers, but it's so that we can all come together and just get before Jesus. Yeah. So that, that's the kind of culture we go from. Once you have that culture, it's quite easy then to let people grow and develop because it's like, well, have you chatted to an older brother about this? Mm. No. Well, why don't you do that? Because that's what you do in real life. So go and do that here. And so it just helps. Does that
0: yeah, yeah. answer that yeah. question? No, 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 that, make, that makes sense. If, if we can just back up a little bit and you're talking about um, kind of what you look for, you just go with, I'm just looking for the gift, mm-hmm. you know, character, you know, is kind of secondary, you know. Um, So what is kind of like the non-negotiables or what are the things that, you know, would make you see the gift and maybe you throw them in there and to kind of be like, right, you're not ready or you know, somebody maybe to disqualify themselves? Like, is there anything like that that kind of comes to mind? Just because there might be somebody listening that's kind of like, cool, let's do that. We'll just grab somebody, throw them in there. Yeah,
2: because I'm not saying that you grab a guy on the street and let him preach the gospel. There there has to be that journey of salvation, that journey of... But I'm really looking for, my my personal thing I'd be looking for is, is a private devotion to Christ. Because if you have a private devotion to Christ, I know that then Christ is going to be able to speak to you about some stuff. And the truth is, he is the best youth pastor, right? So my job is really just to introduce young people to Jesus and let him do all the work. So for me, I'm looking for, are they taking notes? Are they Do they have a journal? Right. Not that everyone has to have a journal, but just a sign yeah. that they are privately devoted to Christ. Right. I'll ask people, like, what's God speaking to you about at the moment? And if they say, "Ah," oh, then I'm like, you're not really asking him, are you? But if I say to someone, you know, is God speaking to you at the moment? And they say, yeah, you know, he's challenging my pride. I'm like, great, because you've been speaking to him privately. So that would be what I'm looking for, really. Because once you have that personal relationship with Christ, he will then work on your character. I can then support whatever he does in that. And then when you get on stage, you'll actually be speaking his stuff, not yours anyway. So that's what I'd be looking for as a personal devotion.
1: Yeah, and I think the, the thing with the whole character gifting thing, um, I've... Found something in my time teaching at Regents, uh, uh, one of my kind of roles as Limitless National Director is I oversee the youth ministry training program at cool. Regents Theological College yeah. and we have students come in. One thing I found is that you could have st- two students come in in the first year, one who is incredibly gifted, yeah. you know, whole load of charisma, maybe some experience under their belt, uh, just uh, very, very talented, very gifted, uh, and then the second person is maybe less gifted, less experienced, but has a better character. Mm-hmm. And at the end of those three years, the person with the better character is now the one with the greater, uh, the greater gift, almost the greater, or, or they have they have refined their gift and almost superseded the person who came in and you thought, oh, wow, aren't they gifted? Why? Because their character made them teachable. Their character made them hungry. um, And because they had that, they grew that that much more quickly. Mm. So they both had a gift. One was maybe further on the journey, but the one that had the character was the one that was propelled and and grew that much more quicker because of their teachability, their humility, their hunger mm. um, to grow. And so that's something I've found in terms of raising the young leaders up. Yeah, I, I wonder if we could ask you, Liam, about um, when we are kind of giving away, because I guess that's what we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, that we, empowering. Yeah, and we, yeah. We, we hold responsibilities, don't we, as uh, leaders of our youth ministries and we're yeah. trying to give it away we give yeah. we want to give away that responsibility that to that young leader that young leader, that young leader and release them into opportunities mm-hmm. um is there anything though that you as i guess the point leader of your youth ministry would never give away sure that you would never delegate out or empower someone else to do because you feel that that is your responsibility is mm-hmm. there anything that for you would fall into that category
2: yeah, it's a good question. I mean, my policy, my team will laugh because I delegate so much. So I'm a huge <laughs> delegator. Um, I go the idea if someone else can do it, someone else should do it. Um, because I'm, if I'm doing everything, I'm wasting opportunities for other people to step into something. Um, but So there are certain things, though, that only I can do for the team, which is partly bring Liam. So what do I bring to the table Great. as in my gifting and character as a person, a child of God rather than just a pastor? But then as a leader, there are some responsibilities that you have that are bigger. So one is you have to maintain and and keep hold of your culture. Um, So you have to challenge cultures that disagree with that. You know, you have to set the tone for the evening, for the meetings, for the team. You have to do all that. Uh, You have to cast the vision. Um, You have to be the one that hears from God because that's how God works in leadership. He gives the vision to the leader to pass on to the team. So there's that side of it. You have to hear from God and get the vision. And then arguably, I'd say that um, you should make sure you hold on to prayer. Don't, don't give that away, that's yeah. something that you need to hold. If there's prayer, you need to be there. You don't have to necessarily be leading the prayer, that's not what I'm saying, but you need to be the one that's always upholding the, the baton of prayer, if you would. Because that's where God is going to be able to meet with his people and really speak to us. So for, for me as the leader, it's so important that, that I keep that banner. And then the other one I'd argue is probably evangelism. Mainly, that's just because if if we if we had it our way, we'd probably all just turn inwards. So leader needs to keep saying, oh "Guys, it's great that we're meeting together, but we need to keep reaching out. We need to keep reaching out. It's so much easier to stay here." So that one depends, though. You might have a very evangelistic team, so you don't need to do that as much. But those would be the things that I would look out for: is what my culture doing, Um, what is God saying to us through the vision, and um, yeah, prayer, keeping hold of prayer. Fantastic, Liam, this is just such
1: good stuff. Um, final you. question for me, unless you've got anything else, Dustin? Nah. Final question for me is, is this. Could you just talk us through a hypothetical journey, okay? Sure. So you have identified, as we discussed in the first question, that, that you have a young person Great. with a leadership gift. Great. What happens next in the time that they're under your care, in the time that they're in your youth ministry, let's say that they're 12, 13 years old, Talk us through that journey till when you kind of release them. Maybe they got off to university at, at eighteen.
2: Okay, great. Talk us through it. So I'll give you a hypothetical situation with someone. It's not hypothetical; it actually happened. Okay, great. Which Perfect. might help. Perfect. I don't. I won't say the name or anything. Uh, but a young girl. Um, she's part of our youth ministry. She'd already been in church for a while. Noticed the leadership gift on her. Um, Spoke to her about it and said, look, just want to call you out really and say, look, you've got, a, you've got a gift here. I want us to start using it. So my main first thing is really, is she in love with Jesus? That's what I've got to get first because that's the bedrock of everything. So making sure their personal growth is actually happening. They are personally devoted to Christ. Once I've done that, I then just look for opportunities for them to grow and those kind of things. I actually invited this girl on a trip with me. I was speaking at an event and she came along with me and um, while we were there we were just sort of chatting and, and it turns out basically she, she was always like trying to grab my bible to carry it and she wouldn't let me hold anything because she was like wanting to serve and i just realized that actually then maybe her gifting is in this area so i said look do you want to be my pa I and I, I don't know if i deserve a pa as a youth pastor but like why not yeah, yeah. like so i said to her do you want to be my pa and she said i would absolutely love that so at 15 she became my pa so, over those years, then I gave her more and more responsibilities as we went by. So, I gave her a little task to start with, see how she got on. If she did well, give her a bigger task, just like Jesus did. Bag of talents. If it goes well, I'll give you another bag. Again, and that's the thing, we have to use, like, we have to take a risk with our gifts. So many people hold them, you've got to take a risk. So, with her, I did that. She took over my diary, started getting, arranging meetings for me. Then she'd book my flights. Then she'd book this. And then she'd sort out that. And then she'd start leading team meetings, those kind of things. Um, and then it actually got to a place she left. Um, youth she actually left now she's over 18 and now she's actually started her own business in consulting people in social media because she'd learned how to organize and sort out somebody else
0: wow that's amazing so she
2: then started her own business in doing that and she would say to you that you know that started because you know when she was 15 she was given an opportunity to be a PA and so when I hope I'm not taking too much time but when you give someone something make sure you don't just give responsibility you give authority they have to be able to change something if, you ca- if they can't, then you're not giving them real leadership. So you've got to be able to say, can you tidy up the chairs, but do it how you want? Or here, can you build us a tuck shop, but do whatever you want? Here's some money, whatever you want. You want to bring in CDs? Bring in CDs. You want to wear T-shirts? Get T-shirts. It's up to you. So you've got to give them the authority to change. So I said to her, you have access to my diary. Yeah? If you need to add something into my diary you think is worthwhile for me, do it. And then that authority gives them the responsibility to then go home and really think it through. But too often we give young people responsibility without any authority and it's just boring. This is so good. I, I heard it said that uh, if
1: you delegate tasks, you create followers. But if nice. you delegate responsibility, you create leaders. That's, that's it, and, that's perfect. Um, that's, yeah. I guess, sums that's up what, exactly you're, what, what you're saying there. Uh, Liam, it's been so good. Um, thank you so much for no, joining us so on this podcast. Um, I I know that uh, people are going to be taking notes and thinking this through and Mm. wondering how they can apply that into their their own uh, youth ministries. This is really helpful stuff, Liam. Thank Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on the Limitless Leadership Podcast. And thank you everybody for listening. See you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us at info at to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss. Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcast. See you next time.